1: The Big Bats on Campus Podcast. 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 Alright, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just gotta
2: throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God! Oh, a miracle! Double water! Hit that one from the parking lot! Shock it all
0: in college basketball. It's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog.
1: What's up, degenerate nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the conference tournament betting preview, part one. Cover the NEC, Horizon, Atlantic Sun, Ohio Valley, Big South, and the Patriot League. I'm Stucky, and with me, as always on Mondays, is Mike Calabrese and. B.J. Cunningham, if you're listening to this, it might be March, although today, i Mark, is the official start of March because we have conference tournament games. not the most exciting conference tournament game between Fairleigh Dickinson and Central Connecticut State, but it is the start of conference tournaments. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. What's going on, guys? Mike, how goes it?
0: It's great. This is the the time to get amped up about college basketball. It's when, you know, our village grows significantly. You have those those fans who come out of the woodwork who are now ready to drink from the fire hose when it comes to college basketball knowledge. So you get people interacting with you on social media, in real life. Um, I can always say, this is like a weird badge of honor, but all my ex-girlfriends come out of the woodwork during March Madness. They're like, could you just give me some insight, maybe some sleepers, final four picks, things like that. So that's that's always uh, a way for me to know that, it is mid-March and Selection Sunday is coming. So I'm going to maybe maybe shut down my DMs for the week uh, of Selection Sunday. But other than that, I'm really excited about everything that's that's coming our way. And Action Network is just going to be you know cranking out content for the next 30 days or so. So I'm happy to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't checked out Mike's bracket, we're going to have some content on that. But uh, I know that's getting some traction on social. It's a bracket <laughs> of all the greatest college basketball teams all time. I already saw some pushback on f- 2007 Florida. People are thinking they're too low as a three seed. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. It was really
0: fun just putting it together because it took such a long time to get all the rosters set into the, the video game. College Hoops 2K8 is how I simulated it to exactly calibrate it so that teams would play with the right pace, they would play with the right tendencies, and that you ended up getting realistic outcomes. But this is really the fun part. You know, before I release all the first round results, you know, fan bases having legitimate arguments just about who should have come from their school. Like Kentucky, I picked 96 Kentucky. You can make a solid argument for 2012, 2015. Those are the fun ones to get into with the fan bases themselves because there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings after the round of 64, just because there's going to be
1: yeah, good luck with dealing with some of the fan bases, including Kentucky. BJ, how excited are you? Drouch.
2: Oh, it's, it's, it's finally here. It's sick brag by Mike, by the way, saying he actually has had ex-girlfriends. You know, a stat nerd like myself don't have too many ex-girlfriends. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's the best time of the year. I mean, how can we all complain?
1: Yep, cannot wait. We're, we have six conference tournaments, so we're going to have a bunch of episodes covering all the conference tournaments. There's a bunch that start this week, so we'll cover six that start either today or tomorrow. NEC, Horizon, Atlantic Sun, Ohio Valley, Big South, and the Patriot League. Three-man weave. They will have their normal episode on Wednesday. They'll cover the conference tournaments that start. I don't think they start on Wednesday, but the ones that start on Thursday. And then we'll cover a couple that start this weekend. And the next weekend, we'll have just a bonanza of episodes early in the week that cover the rest of the conference tournaments that start next week including all the big boys before we get into those previews takeaways from the weekend could be a rant if you want or just a high level takeaway bj i'll start with you what do you got
2: i mean it was the craziest weekend of college basketball all season long well top six seeds plus texas tech goes down it's just added to the seven of the
1: top 10 went down for the first time ever
2: crazy insane and i feel like the last few weeks i mean there hasn't been you know, too many like crazy upsets and they all just came in one week. It was, it was insane. And it just adds to the, the parody of March. I think Gonzaga going down was maybe the more shocking one uh, of the weekend for me, because I thought they were just completely dominant in cruise control. They were just going to cruise by St. Mary's and losing by 10, only scoring 59 points. That is a little concerning. Now they're obviously, they're probably going to get a number one seed still. I don't think that takes them out of the one line, but uh Definitely pushes me off Gonzaga uh, come come March. Uh, we'll see we'll see how it all plays out, but I mean the the tournament is just going to be complete parody with what happened this weekend. Another shitty
1: Saturday for me. No one wants to hear you know it's, it's process over results for me, but it's you know this is a it's a results oriented business, and I, I had a shitty Saturday, but you know good CLV it was like sixteen and six per shot quality, but a couple half quarters. I'm not going to rat, though because it's, it's March. It's good vibes. We're putting in the past, and we hope to have a big March. But what you said, Xavier, I think, is broken, by the way. They are just in a, in a downward spiral. Providence was exciting to watch them, despite all their luck, uh, at the dunk with beers on the floor, get the Big East title. But you, you, know, you mentioned St. Mary's win over Gonzaga. Arkansas, by the way, picked up a huge win over Kentucky. They stay hot. Since Arkansas went on this run, which we talked about last week when they started to get really hot, Here's the top 10 teams in order. This is just per efficiency. Gonzaga 1, Houston 2, Arkansas 3, Duke 4, Kentucky 5, Texas Tech 6, Kansas 7, Purdue 8, Tennessee 9, St. Mary's 10. So if you're looking for some hot teams trending up and just some dominant teams overall, that's the top 10 since I think January 8th. Uh, Mike, take away from you.
0: Uh, just quick rant. This is me checking myself. You have to check your emotion at the door when it comes to – putting teams in the graveyard to to borrow BJ's phrase. Mm -hmm. I play Colorado, I think on Wednesday at home against Arizona state, you know, on the money line as a sweetener and a bunch of parlays and they lay an absolute egg and then they come back and they just push Arizona around on their home floor. It's like, that's the kind of variance that you just have to prepare yourself for and realize that it's going to happen. And in a lot of these major conferences, the conference tournament is wide open and you have to
1: go into it with an open mind. New lease on life. Hey, look, we might've been disappointing, but let's go. We have a chance to make something of our season.
0: And as you mentioned, you know, process over results. You also have to, you know, watch some of these games and not just write them off as like, you know, you were on the wrong side. It was a bad play. Injuries play a factor. You look at like UCLA in their game against Oregon. I think it was, was that Friday night, you know, they end up losing uh, Juzang early in that game. They had some foul trouble. They lose Hawkes down the stretch and they lose that game. And that's a, that's a great W for Oregon, but big picture. It's like, you have to look at personnel. You have to look at the circumstances in which these teams are losing and also their motivation. This is a funky time of year for, even for the mid majors coming into this week where some teams had clinched. So they didn't play all their players. I got Burns uh, playing Penn minus one and a half against Dartmouth. Last second, Jordan Dingle doesn't play. They have another guard that doesn't play. They never release exactly why that happened. That's going to happen a certain amount at the end of the regular season. But to your point, it's a brand new season. You got to wipe the slate clean to a certain degree and kind of take a new look, you know, with some fresh eyes for these teams that potentially could put three or four wins together and seal an automatic bid. All
1: right, with that, it's a good transition or good lead into our conference tournament preview. So let's kick things off: NEC, the Northeast Conference Tournament Preview. This will start tonight with Fairleigh Dickinson and Central Connecticut State. That's the only conference tournament game tonight. The higher seeds will host all of the games throughout the tournament. The favorite is Bryant. Bryant is plus 120. The defending champ is Mount, who upset Bryant on Bryant's home court last season. Mount, you know, maybe they're a little sleeper, but Sean Kui is gone. I think he was really important to them. Bryant is plus 120. They're the favorite to win it. They are the top seed. So if they keep advancing, then they will keep playing games on their home court. I think that there's some value in Bryant for a couple of reasons. And I generally don't think that there's value in some of these favorites in the lower tier conferences, but I think Bryant is head and shoulders. They're on a roll right now. They're head and shoulders above everyone else in the conference. They got Elias the back inside. Who's really important. You have kiss and pride. who can just go off. I think Peter kiss leads the nation in scoring right now, but more importantly, the other teams in the conference are kind of dealing with some injuries. You have St. Francis PA Wagner just lost Elijah Ford, who was just so important to everything that they were doing. A lot of the advanced metric sites will have Wagner rated ahead of Bryant and might make them the favorite, but they're missing Ford. And he is just so key Wagner Bryant split the regular season Wagner in the one game they did win. I think it was in overtime early in the season. Ford went off. He had like 16, 8, 6, 4, and 3. Uh, just can stuff, stuff a stat sheet. So I think that's huge. I don't think Ma- – Mountain is also dealing with some injuries as well. Long Island has some talent. They're a little intriguing, but I think Bryant has a relatively easy path. Long Island and Wagner kind of have to deal with each other to the final. I think they're the most talented team. They're getting healthy at the right time. I think they avenge that upset loss of last year, and I think they go dancing. Big fan of Grasso. So I'm rolling with Bryant the favorite here. BJ, I know you have some thoughts on the NEC. Do you agree or disagree?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. The injuries throughout the rest of the conference are just too uh, detrimental to all of these other teams. And like you said, Bryant is just head and shoulders above everybody else. Even if you look at shot quality, Wagner's been pretty lucky this season. Uh, losing Ford obviously is huge for them. And what you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, if Bryant makes it to the final, are they going to be, they're not going to obviously not going to be underdogs. So you will have a good opportunity in the final if you'd like to hedge potentially against Wagner. LIU, Brooklyn, they're, they're the hottest team, I think, coming into the tournament. Uh, I believe they've won six of their last seven or somewhere around that. But they, they've only won uh, four games on the road all season long. They're horrible away from home. So I agree with you. I think there is some value on Bryant, who, like you said, is far and away the, the best team in this league with all the injuries for the other teams. And that's
0: the real shame with Wagner because if they didn't have these injuries, they're one of the few teams in this conference that are really good on the road. So like they they had the the right formula to put it together, but they need to be at a hundred percent. And I think that takes the the air out of their balloon a little bit.
2: Right, and yeah. uh, Mount I actually did like Mount before all the injuries came came along because I think their uh, their slow tempo, their zone could could cause Bryant some problems, which it did in both the matchups. But again, the injuries are just too much to overcome, especially going on the road, trying to play Bryant, and then trying to go on the road once again to, to, you know, win the tournament. So, uh, yeah, I think it's Bryant or nothing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Long Island, they're still a little too inconsistent for me. I mean, Flowers and Penn can always go off. They did, as you mentioned, win six straight, close the regular season, but four were at home. The two on the road, one was against Mount, and one was against St. Francis PA. He was playing without Dixon Conover. I don't know his status. He's massive for them. Um, So just a lot of teams that are shorthanded here. I think that, look, and and one thing you mentioned the line in the final, if, you know, chalk holds throughout and and Bryant gets there against Wagner. Wagner, and, and by the way, it's not the worst matchup for Bryant. Bryant runs out of zone press. They'll press you, they'll zone. And Long Island has struggled against both this season. And you, they just are – they're going to really miss Ford at the top of that zone that he can create, and it's a really rim-reliant offense. But you, if you look at that game on Saturday when Bryant beat Wagner at home to close out the regular season to get the one seed, that line was opened at Bryant minus two, and it closed, I think, Bryant minus five, um, which I think the market was like, look, this is not the same team. If you look at the on-off splits without, with and without Ford, it's significant. Um, so, you know, maybe the, that line might close there again. So I just don't think the market is accounting for some of the injuries these other teams have had, you know, Bryant getting healthy at the right time. I think they're a little better inside this year than they were last year. Uh, so yeah, I think the Bulldogs get it done. All right, let's move on to our second conference tournament and let's talk about the horizon tourney.
0: Expand your gambling horizons with the horizon league
1: and the horizon tournament you can generally expect complete chaos close game like trip i whenever think of the horizon it's like we've had at least seen a 10 seed and an 8 seed get to the final in recent years i feel like there's always like triple overtime games upsets galore so this one should be fun as always first round quarterfinals are played on the home court of the higher seed then the rest of the games are played at indianapolis cleveland state is the favorite at plus 200 Mike, let me throw it to you to get your thoughts on the horizon. Expect the unexpected, or do you like one of the uh, favorites here?
0: So one thing I like to, to look at is the potential of teams and their path. And what plays into that as well is, are they playing back-to-back-to-back you know, dates? In this case, this tournament's spread out. March 1st, March 3rd, the 7th, and the 8th. So in terms of having the gas to complete you know, a, a four-game run, it's possible. It's certainly, you get the benefit of, of that extra rest. And then when I look at Cleveland State at the top here, they leaked a little oil down the stretch. They were two and three in their last five, and those two wins were against UW, Milwaukee, and Green Bay, who they both stink. Um, but then on the positive side, they share the ball really well. They're 14th in the nation in a system eight-basket ratio, effective field goal percentage, 36 nationally. Um, but you can kill them on the glass. They're 303rd in defensive rebounding percentage. And they play these hectic games where it's sloppy on both ends. They turn you over, and you can turn them over. So I do think there's an opportunity for this to play true to the script of the last few years in this, in this conference tournament, which is to have some some chaos kind of um, unfold. So the teams I like, I like Wright State, you know, if you can get them at four to one, that's even better. Um, they did lose both games to Cleveland State this year, but the second one was a four point game. And really, I'm looking for the absolute ceiling when I talk about the potential. Outside of the path. Like the potential is what's going to happen if their top players play as well as they possibly can. And you got Tanner Holden averaging 20 and seven, Basil's, you know, close to 20, eight and a half rebounds, and Trey Calvin as their third option shoots 37% from three. Now they're not strong on the road, three and three in their last six on the road. And defensively, 278th in, a, in opposing shooting percentage. So I, I'm not quite a hundred percent sold on their price. But I do think if a team were to come out of this and kind of surprise
1: people, it could be right. State. Now you want to. But Wright doesn't this. have to win a road game to win to win this. They'll play a home game in the quarters, and then the rest are in Indianapolis. Th- that is true, and I do think. You but know, they're still away from home. It's a neutral site, which right. helps a little. It, 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 exactly. I do want to throw
0: out, you know, two other teams. One that I'm not sold on, um, and I think it's bait at you know eleven to two, six to one. Oakland's not for me. They've lost three of their last four, blown leads to Wright State, blown leads to Northern Kentucky, an early eight-point lead against Fort Wayne, and then they got trucked. That's a team that just like, I, at this point, they're fully a team I cannot trust. And I know they have a lot to to love. You know, they got four starters pumping in over 12 per game. Kanan Moore, great, the inside-outside combo. Um, But they don't shoot the three all that well, and they're really bad inside of 15 feet defensively. Um, but if there is a team outside of the, the core you know, front runners that I like, it's Detroit Mercy at 15 to one. You know, they started the season 0 and 6. They got it turned around. They have a win over Cleveland State, um, and that was a seven-point win and a near miss against them, a two-point loss. Antoine Davis, probably the best player in this conference, averaging 24 and almost five, shoots close to 38% from three. He's somebody who can put the team on his back. And as I mentioned, because it's not back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, you know, having to play those four games is possible for a Titan team. Yes, they're awful defensively against the two-point shot, 335th nationally, but they can get hot from three, 40th and three-point percentage. Um, If they can find a way as a team to rebound just a little bit better, because this is the part that scares the hell out of me, they're 345th in defensive rebounding percentage. So even if they get a game where teams cannot find their shooting stroke, they're given up second chance opportunities left and right. But at 15 to one, I'm willing to find out. What are your thoughts on
1: Detroit Mercy? Yeah, that's my that's the team I had circle for this. I'm gonna throw something on them. Need fifteen to one or better, which is out there. And one of the things with Detroit, look, I mean, they've been hard on the road all year. They'd have to go and beat Wright State. I think they should get by Green Bay rather easily in the first round, but who knows in the horizon. But then they'd have to go to Wright State who they split with. Both teams won on each other's uh, both teams won at home uh, in the season series. But yeah, I agree. You're getting you're getting one of the best players in the conference who can go off on any given night in Davis. And I think one of the things with Detroit that you have to look at, and by the way, you, you mentioned, you mentioned Oakland, not a lot of depth, which could hurt them if they get to the final, you know, the 357th in bench minutes, but they, are a very high variance teams so that to shoot a lot of threes play some zone, give up a ton of threes, but they, they won at Cleveland state. So that could be a tricky game and they should breeze through IUPUI and then you know they get Cleveland State, so they can knock off Cleveland State easily. I can see that. It's a so then all of a sudden the one seat is out. Um, but yeah, I like Detroit, and I think Detroit is undervalued in the market because I mean, first of all, the the start to their season is weighing down a lot of their advanced metrics because they were a horror show. I mean, they were as bad as you can get. They've also had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, and they haven't been fully healthy for almost the entire season. You know, no Waterman being back is huge, stretches the floor, gives them a lot of offense and helps out Davis. Akak, who's one of their other bet- besters, he hasn't played the last six games. I'm counting on him playing here. Um, he was questionable this weekend. I think that they were, you know, I, who held him out just to be cautious ahead of the conference tournament. So, you know, I, it's a team that I, I liked what I saw down the stretch and if they have all their pieces in there and you have Davis going off. He could go for 30, 35, uh any night yeah i think that there's some value on detroit that if they can get by that if they can get by right state on the road which i think they do they're gonna have to shoot well and uh their defense is hard but if they have all their pieces back and they can get by that game they can win this whole thing um so yeah i think detroit is the team worth taking a flyer on it and in a conference tournament to me that looks wide open um all right that'll do it for the horizon Let's move on to our third conference tournament and let's talk some Atlantic Sun. The Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament played on campus sites, starts Tuesday night. Defending champ Liberty is the favorite.
2: Liberty, Liberty, Liberty.
1: But I actually think Liberty is a bit vulnerable here. This is a team that just never lost at home in conference. They dropped a couple at home. Their deep that pack line defense they're pretty young uh just looks a bit vulnerable down the stretch it's there's there's some holes there now you have Darius McGee who if you haven't seen him play make sure that you check out Liberty in this tournament because he can carry them and he did it once again on Saturday what they were it looked like they were gonna lose at home uh, to Kennesaw and they ended up winning in overtime he just saved them again he's capable of going for 40 50 a night one of the most electric players in all of college basketball. But, you know, they might be a bit vulnerable here. Jacksonville's hot. Jacksonville State might have the most overall talent. BJ, what do you see here?
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that I think Liberty is very vulnerable here. and I'm definitely staying away from them as the favorite. Jacksonville State is interesting at their current price. Uh, you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, are they going to be – Higher than plus one sixty in the conf- in the conference championship game if they end up playing Liberty. Uh, if you look, you know, I've I've ran the Ken Palm formula and basically Liberty Liberty would be around minus one fifty. So them currently at plus one sixty. You know, you get in a little bit of value there with them. You know, they play a very slow tempo, and the teams they're going to face throughout the entire tournament are going to play slow tempos like Kennesaw State, probably Kennesaw State, then Jacksonville, who plays one of the slowest paces in the country, and then Liberty, who also plays slow. So they're not really going to get pushed in terms of a tempo, but where I'm looking, uh, is a little bit of a long shot, Florida, Gulf Coast, uh, dunk city at 25 to once finished the season, winning seven of eight, beat Liberty in overtime on the road, uh, which is important because first they play North Alabama, which they should uh, breeze by because they're going to be double digit favorites. Then they go on the road to play Bellarmine, who is one of the worst defenses in the entire country. And that game will probably most likely be around to pick them. And then they'll get Liberty on the own again, road again, where basically anything can happen. We've talked about Liberty, uh, I believe it was the last Monday, but uh, due for a little bit of shooting regression, shooting over 40% from three-point range uh, in conference play, not really that sustainable over a full season, especially – their top 10 and, and three point rates. So, uh, I really, really do like this Florida Gulf Coast team potentially pulling off an upset. And then if you get to the final and you have to play Jacksonville or Jacksonville State, you have a wonderful chance to hedge. So, uh, I'm going Florida Gulf Coast, uh, as a long shot at 25 to one.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have with, with Florida Gulf Coast, yeah, they closed the year hot. It's a, it's an inconsistent team, maybe, but maybe they found some. You have Tavion Don Martin, the Duquesne transfer who is a guy who can get red hot in a tournament setting and carry you. I think when they beat Liberty, he had 40, 40 something, 43, Uh, 43 points. He's capable of going 30, 35 on any given night. Um, this, you're, you're playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. So there's some breaks in between here, um, which I I think is important. Bellarmine, I I don't see, and they'd have to get by Liberty. It's just a terrible matchup for them because Liberty and their pack line defense Bellarmine can't really run their offense. Um, So I know they're the two seed in the bottom half of the bracket. I don't see it with them. And I could see Florida Gulf Coast beating them. To me, it's going to come down to who wins. I'm trying to figure out if I'm super confident in Jacksonville State beating Jacksonville. But Jacksonville's got hot late, playing really good basketball. And Jacksonville State just had a couple stumbles that made me question them because I really like this team coming into the season. I like their coach in a tournament setting. We've seen that in the OVC in the past. Um, so I think Liberty is vulnerable, um, and I think it's a good conference to maybe take a shot. Look, Florida Gulf Coast I think it would make the most sense from one of the teams playing in the first round. Um, and then, I, if if you're not sold on them, I, I would go either Jacksonville or Jacksonville State. Mike, do you have any thoughts here? No, I'm just
0: I'm all in on that Florida Gulf Coast play, um, and I I would love if I may have to drive to you know cross state lines to be able to get player props, but if they play Liberty. I want an over 90 total points between McGee and, uh, and Florida Gulf Coast go to point guard because holy moly, can these guys light it up and I, there's something extra special about mid-major scoring point guards that are under 510 that just you know really scratches a niche for me. Um, but probably it comes down you know when it comes to Dunk City. They need Kevin Samuel to stay out of foul trouble and continue to alter shots and block shots in the lane because it gives a defense that's otherwise pretty flawed, at least some kind of a special angle. Um, But that's, that's the way I'm going to play this one. I I don't have a whole lot of interest across the board in the A-Sun. I I do have pretty good faith in Liberty to get it done, but if I'm going to take a flyer, this is a fun team to do it on. Uh, Let's move on to our
1: next conference tournament. Let's talk the Patriot League conference tournament. Half the men in this church, including you, are as ardent patriots as I. Will you now, when you are needed most, stop at only words? Is that the sort of men you are? This one will of course be played on campus sites starting Tuesday night. Colgate is the clear favorite. I think they're around minus 185 out there. They're the one seed on a roll. You have Boston and Navy in the bottom half. You know, I mean, Colgate, if you look at the top half of Colgate, Lafayette, Bucknell playing in the 8-9, that's who will play Colgate. Then Lehigh, Army, it's hard to see any one of those teams taking out Colgate. But, Mike, I'm going to go to you next. Maybe you see one of them with some potential. In the bottom half, it's a little more interesting. Navy's the two-seed. They'll play the winner of Holy Cross American. And then you have Boston and Loyola, Maryland. Boston, to me, little has some intrigue. They did beat Colgate but way earlier in the year before Colgate got on a run. Um, is is Can you make a case for anyone other than Colgate? Is it worth laying minus 185 with Colgate here? What do you see, Mike?
0: In short, yes, it's definitely worth it laying. I mean, I'd go up to probably minus 225. I mean, listen, the last four Patriot League tournaments, they're 10 and 2. This is a veteran team. They play exactly as they have in recent years. They got five starters averaging double digits. They're absolute fire emoji from three-point range, fifth nationally. They share the ball really, really well. 16 and a half assists per game. That's 10th nationally. And all five uh, starters shoot 35% or better from three. As you mentioned, the path is just, you know, tailor-made for them. It's primo. They hammered Lafayette and Bucknell in the four games. Then they go to the next round, Lehigh or Army. doesn't really matter there. They crushed Army. They split with Lehigh, but that was by far Lehigh's best shooting
1: night of the entire season. And I think that was um, their first conference, the tournament game, right? Right. The, the first right. conference
0: game of, of the year. Um, looking at the rest of the board, like, I, I mean, it's my alma mater, so I'll just mention Loyola, but Oh man, they are awful on the road, three and 11 on the road, lost six to seven down the stretch. So pass on them. And then when you look at the two teams, the price is interesting on Navy, you know, six to one, they're going to play a much slower tempo and try to get Colgate out of that groove. They're 44th in adjusted defense. They had a one point, you know, differential of 25 seconds against Colgate the last time they played. So they were right there. Um, and that was a game where, you know, Colgate was able to shoot well from long range. So it wasn't a, a weird regression game for them. And to be honest, like I, I respect what Ed Chillis has done with Navy. You know, they get the one seed last year and they ended up getting upset by, you know, Santi Aldama and Loyola. But, you know, big picture, he inherited a mess in Annapolis and he's turned it around the last five years. They finished third or better in the pack in the Patriot League five times. They play nine kids. Um, you know, they, they have really nice depth. But John Carter Jr. being their go-to guy, I'm just not sure I see him stringing together three wins in a row. So if I'm going to circle a team and play one that is not Colgate, it, it is Boston University for me. Great backcourt, Walter White, Javante McCoy um, are, are solid players. But it really comes down to soup Matone for me, because much like last year where the Greyhounds hitched their wagon to Santi Aldama, this is a guy who, when he faces Colgate, if they get there in the title game. He's someone that can be the difference maker because Colgate plays, you know, four guards and he can really bully, you know, the lower block and put up some big numbers. He's had five Patriot League games this year where he's gone for 20 plus and had a double double. That's really impressive. I I think nationally he should be getting more credit. And if Boston gets there, I I like the Terriers and certainly at, you know, plus 550, maybe you can get a little bit better. There's great hedge opportunities. Um, But this is Colgate's conference to lose and because of the way they structure this and this is to be honest just a, as an aside I think this is what mid- major conferences should do you get such a huge bump if you send your best teams to the big dance and they get those wins in terms of credibility so you want to protect them so the fact that they get to play on their home court for potentially three games here this is similar script I say playing out with them winning it but plus 550 has my attention with the terriers
1: yeah Boston did get swept by Navy um, during the year they did lose at home to will as well but then they rolled. Loyola. So that's a little worrisome, but they they really turned it on late, starting with that road win at Loyola. You know, they had some head scratching losses. I mean, you lose at Buck Numinance to close the season. They lost at home to Holy Cross. Uh, but their only other loss since middle of January was on the road against Colgate. I agree. I think Boston has the, the potential and the highest ceiling um, if they're playing at their best. I just wish I was getting a little more. The plus 550. But uh, I think it's, yeah, I think you're either laying it here or taking a shot with Boston. Uh, so we're on the same page there. All right, let's move on to our next conference tournament. And let's go to the OVC, the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. Listen, baby.
0: Ain't no high, ain't no valley
1: low. Ain't no river wide enough, baby. Mike, you just mentioned. You want to reward team your best teams and get them in to the dance to give your conference the best shot of racking up some wins. The OBC does that. Mary State and Belmont, the top two seeds, have double buys into the semifinals. So they won't have to play till Friday. You know, if you're Tennessee State or Edwardsville or Austin P or Tennessee Tech, you got to win four games. Whereas Mary State or Belmont have to win two. Mary State was an absolute wagon. During the conference season, they only lost two games all year. They lost to Auburn and then they lost to East Tennessee state early in the season, swept the league and man, they did. They looked good. I did not think that Mary state was going to be this good this year. So they obviously have a pretty easy path. They play, you know, the winner of Southeast Missouri state and then either Tennessee state or Edwardsville, Southeast Missouri state can get hot from three, man, a high variance team, but it's hard to see Mary state, going down before the final. Um, and by the way, this is uh, everything. All these games will be played in Evansville. On the bottom half is a little more intriguing. You know, you have Austin P taking on Tennessee Tech. The winner of that game will play Moorhead State. And then if chalk holds, Moorhead State will play Belmont in the semifinals. And Moorhead State has kind of had Belmont's number uh, over the past years. Belmont did finally get them by one at home in a game that probably should have lost Moorhead won easily earlier in the season. Last year, Moorhead, they split the regular season. Moorhead beat them on the conference tournament, a conference tournament that the, the Eagles ended up winning. Broome inside, really athletic team. That's where they kind of overwhelmed Belmont with their athleticism advantage. Moorhead Mary would be an intriguing final. So would Belmont Mary, but Mary just looks like the class of this conference. I, I don't see any value with Belmont. Just this isn't this isn't a vintage Belmont team. And look, they they just don't match up well with Morehead State. BJ, what do you see here? Yeah, I love
2: Morehead State at eight to one. Uh, you know, as far as Belmont is concerned, the the two games against Murray State were obviously just ex- extremely concerning. And you could point to say, "Oh, Murray State shot the lights out." You know, the shot quality had it pretty close. They, they just looked terrible against Murray State both times. Morehead, on the other hand, at eight to one, I think is a fantastic price because. Not only do they have, like you mentioned, they have Belmont's number. If they can get by them, you're going to get a fantastic hedge opportunity in the final. Uh, That game that you talked about where they basically only won by one, Morehead State had a 10-point lead at one point in the second half and just blew it. And that's been the story of their season against Murray State as well. They were tied with Murray State on the road with about 10 minutes left to go, couldn't get the job done. Then the second time they met them, they were tied with about a minute left to go. And Murray State just pulled it out, so it's a really Melt, meltdown. For meltdown. Yeah, that was awful. Morehead State missed very, wide open layup, and oh. yeah, uh, we don't need to go back on that. Um, <laughs> Morehead State, unbelievable defense, number one in the conference, effective field goal percentage allowed, two point field goal percentage allowed. Excuse me, two point field goal percentage allowed, and second in three point field goal percentage allowed, and they're also shooting thirty five percent from behind the arc themselves. So with all these games being at a neutral site. They will have to win three games in three days, but at plus 800, that gives you about an 11% chance to win the tournament. And given the fact that I really do think they have an unbelievable chance to beat Belmont, and I'll probably end up betting them against Belmont uh, in that game. You're going to get a really nice hedge opportunity uh, against Murray state in the final. Uh, I've, and I, you know, at, at minus minus one ninety, I think there's no value in laying in with Murray state at that number. So I, I think it's more head state or nothing for me in the OBC.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows, maybe. And then, you know, when you take some of these long shots, you also have to price in um, the uncertainty on the top half. It's still a conference room. It's still college basketball. Who knows? Southeast Missouri state, they shoot a ton of threes. You know, you've guys like Eric Reed, they can, you know, Chris Harris, they can get red hot from three. They, Southeast Missouri state just played Murray to close day, They lost by two um, at home. So, you know, you never know, and that could. Uh, they also lost 160 one at home, but it's a high variance. And they play pretty fast, so yeah, I, I think that if you're going to take anyone other than Mary State here, you have to. It has to be Moorhead for how they match up with Belmont, um, and uh, I think that's the way to play it. So I agree with you there. All right, let's move on to our next conference tournament, and I believe this is the sixth and final one that we'll cover today, and that's the Big South song song of the south Sweet potato pine shut my mouth the big south conference tournament all these games are played in charlotte longwood which ran through the regular season plus 140 to win it they are the favorite bj i'll go back to you here on the big south any teams intrigue you or is this longwood's conference to take my
2: headline of this term is Fade Longwood. They are one of the luckiest teams in college basketball and really frustrating to bet against. They went 15-1 in conference play. 14 of those wins were by eight points or less. They Even if you look at their offensive numbers, third in the conference in points per possession in both half-court and transition offense. And defensively, they're seventh in transition defense and fourth in half-court defense. It's it's not the number one team in the conference. They There are some value, I think, in some long shots. And one that's just lighting up right now is Campbell at 25-1. to
0: the Campbell University Camels from Buies Creek North Carolina
1: check
2: it out I mentioned it last week on the pod but Campbell one of the most unlucky teams in college basketball really and in the big south 15 and 12 actual record 20 and seven
1: shot quality record and one of those results was
2: against Longwood
1: on oh, Saturday oh, they went they went oh and two against Longwood. Both easy shot quality wins. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: in fact, uh, on shot quality, uh, their adjusted efficiency, Campbell's the number one team in the Big South based on shot quality. So, their path to get to the final is a tad bit difficult. They have to play uh, Presbyterian first, who beat them earlier this season, but uh, they're 339th in adjusted offense efficiency on shot quality. And there's some good offensive matchups there for Campbell. Then they have to go play Gardner Webb, who is the best defense in the conference. But This line is only going to be around minus two minus three in terms of Gardner Webb, who's a pretty poor half court offense. Uh, Then I'll face Winthrop who on Ken Palm is actually luckier than Longwood, which is quite, quite funny. Uh, Again, that line will probably only be about, you know, minus three, minus four. And then you get another date and a revenge spot against Longwood in the final Campbell, also 16th in Ken Palm's experience rating and third in minutes continuity. So at a price of 25 to 1, it's it's incredibly tempting uh, to take Campbell uh, there. UNC Asheville is a little bit uh, interesting as well, but their starting center, Drew Pemberton, play in the final uh, regular season game against Presbyterian. I have no idea what his status is for this tournament. So if he's out, obviously they're a pass. North Carolina AT at 100 to 1 is a little bit interesting, maybe as a, wow. as a player. Uh, they did beat Longwood earlier this season. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll play if they get through their first round matchup. I believe it's against. Radford uh, if they get through that they play Longwood uh, who they beat and then also this the earlier when they faced him the first time they had a 12 point lead on the road uh, at one point in the second half so uh, but then Longwood you know used their magic to go win by eight and and almost ended up covering so North Carolina at, at 101 is a little bit interesting uh, given that uh, how good they played against Longwood both those meetings so uh, but yeah it's Campbell 25 to one for me is is maybe one of my favorite uh, uh, conference journeys uh futures so far bj could you call me a number on high point real quick what are they going off at? high point is at 30
0: to 1 right now i this is one of the conferences that i just circled in terms because i agree with you on longwood i was like things can get weird in this conference tournament and because high point had beat winthrop there on the other side of the bracket they have at least, you know, in my opinion, one of the best scoring guards, you know, point guards in John Michael Wright in the entire country. It's going to take a lot of magic. But when you look at how they played really in the last two months, they put a good record together and their losses were close. They had a lot of five point or less losses. I think if lightning is going to strike in one of these major tournaments, this is one of the teams I like 30 to ones, Just just at the threshold. I'll play it there. Certainly any higher would, would make it more you know, tantalizing for me. But just based on John Michael Wright and Zach Austin, I think this is an interesting team. I, I was surprised that you didn't mention them.
1: Yeah, I don't mind with a lot of these teams taking a flyer if you fancy one of these teams. I mean, even Radford, they lost in overtime a long one, And then uh, on the road, they lost by five in a game. I think they were up by like seven or eight in the second half. They can be pesky as well. So I could see Longwood go down. The one thing that concerns me about Campbell is they have no depth. So, they are very experienced teams, but sometimes that could be overrated, right? You see these experiences, what was it, App State, unless you have no depth in, and you just string the other four games in four days. It's like it's March. Uh, these are college kids, but this is a condensed what you first round's Wednesday, then you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, you'd have to win four games in five days if you're playing in that first round. Um, you know, even a team. Yeah, I mean, UNC Asheville has had some magic to them. USC Upstate can get hot. Um, it's a wide-open conference. Sort of. This is a fun one to take a flyer. BJ, you mentioned Campbell. Mike, you mentioned High Point. I, I don't hate it. This is a conference where I think, yeah, the one seed is vulnerable. All of the top seeds, I think, are a little vulnerable uh, here, and there's not as big of a gap as we're used to seeing, I think, in this conference. Um, you know, I think in years past when you had, like, Radford and Winthrop were just – a big step above the rest of the conference. I don't think that's the case this year. So don't hate this being a conference to target to take some long shots and have some fun in the big South in Charlotte. There's also, I, th- I believe, don't quote me this, but I believe this conference tournament used to be played on uh, campus sites. Right. Is that is it, true. Yep, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So this is the first year that it's in Charlotte. Um, so obviously that helps as well. All right, that'll do it for our first six conference tournament previews covered the NEC, the Horizon, the Atlantic Sun, the Ohio Valley, the Big South, and the Patriot League. We will continue these, the three men we will continue on Wednesday, and then we will just run all the way through next Tuesday covering each and every conference tournament, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, before we get out of here, one final order of business a spot, you can go, you can go, Give out two if you want to give out something today, tomorrow, Uh, just something more actionable from a single game perspective, or maybe it's a future on another conference tournament, something you see, but Mike, I'll go to you first. Anything tonight, today, tomorrow, or anything else you just want to add?
0: I like Texas. I think this is a, a letdown spot for Baylor after playing a great second half against Kansas. Um, you know, they're a short road favorite here, given the issues that Baylor has from a personnel standpoint on their front court. I think Texas can take advantage of that. So I'd like them on the 40 acres. I'll take the horns here, plus the point and a half.
2: EJ? Oh, well, I got to roll with my Hawks tonight, who are looking red hot right now, minus 10 and a half against Northwestern. The Hawks got it rolling. So I think it's a good spot for them here at home to to get a nice win over the Northwestern. So
1: Go Hawks, minus ten and a half. They don't miss at home. No, Um, they don't.
2: It's it's fantastic.
1: Uh, I'll throw out a couple for tomorrow. Curious to see what kind of line we get on Villanova um, against Providence, who might be still drunk celebrating. I mean, this is just – they clinched the Big East, and they're going to Nova, who I don't think they match up particularly well with. We'll see what that line comes out as. Richmond, really senior-laden team on senior night against a Dayton team that I think actually – Might be a bit more deflated than fired up after that devastating loss, which I think took them out of bubble talk after they got red hot and then they lost to LaSalle, went on a crazy run in the second half. Might be some value with Richmond there. Buffalo, I worry that – I mean, Buffalo has seemingly figured it out. I thought this team was going to win the conference. I might still end up betting on them to win the conference tournament. They've been on fire. Now, it hasn't been against the best competition, if you look, at who they've played. But this is a team of all seniors on senior night with revenge against Toledo, a Toledo team that I still think has been quite fortunate this season. I have Buffalo circle. I think Kenpa makes them a dog. I'd love to get them as a dog. Michigan um, at home against Michigan State, a Sparty team that I, I don't believe in at all. Michigan has revenge. Again, they got killed. If you look at the box score, I was on in that game. It was a shot-quality, easy win. And Sparty coming off that Purdue win, just an enormous win, whereas Michigan – Coming off of a loss, Michigan at home is generally a wagon. The past 15 years, the third most profitable home team in conference play. I think Michigan gets it done against Michigan State and gets their revenge. Speaking of revenge, Purdue uh, off that loss goes to Wisconsin. Wisconsin won at Purdue earlier this year. I think Purdue can bully them here. Uh, I think they go on the road in the Kohl Center. Wisconsin, I think they went out to win the Big Ten. I think Purdue spoils that tomorrow night on the road. So those are the ones I had circled. Any thoughts on any of those, Mike?
0: I'm going to be there uh, at the pavilion, the ski lodge uh, at Villanova on the main line, seeing that Providence game. And that's just one of those those teams that they split where they play their home games. They usually play at Wells Fargo for the, for the bigger games. I think this is going to be an electric crowd. I think, you know, Providence, this is finally going to be the spot. I know we've been saying it all year where the luck dries up, um, but I, I think that's a good play. I play that all the way up to, Probably minus five and a
1: half, minus six for Villanova. I think they're going to jump all these guys. I think it'll be higher than that. I think they went by double digits. But DJ, any thoughts on those?
2: Yeah, I love Purdue uh, at Wisconsin. I, I saw the other day Wisconsin fourteen and one uh, in close games, which is one of the best records in college basketball like history. So I think that luck kind of dries up against, like you said, Purdue's going to be able to bully him. It's uh, it's a great matchup for Purdue to get some revenge uh, at the Kohl Center. I agree. All
1: right, that'll do it for us. Let the excitement. Just build and build. Welcome to March. Happy you're here listening. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Leave a review. Friday, we'll do some giveaways. Appreciate all of you listening. Let's have a March. Let's enjoy all of the madness. Good luck to all of your wagers. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you back here Wednesday with the guys from the Three Man Weave. Cheers.